Well, welcome back to another edition of the Post-Sermon Wrap-Up Podcast. I am Pastor Scott. And this is Pastor Kevin. And we are here to break down this past Sunday's uh, sermon on wise walking from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 21. Uh, Kevin, you uh, really laid out for us, I mean, the, the theme here is this idea of how you are to walk as not unwise, but as wise. So right. um, before we kind of get into a lot of the, the various topics that were at play at this, could you just kind of help us understand again, what is that difference uh, between wisdom and knowledge, and then maybe also then wisdom and what the Bible would, the counterpart of that, folly? Yeah. So what's the difference between wisdom and knowledge? Application, mm-hmm. right? So... Um, Wisdom is just knowledge rightly applied, mm-hmm. uh, put into practice. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's one thing to know the truth. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to live by it. And so that's why Proverbs uh, says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, because mm-hmm. um, wisdom always includes obedience. Mm-hmm. It, it is to say that I'm applying what I know to be true mm-hmm. and putting that into practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wisdom is always uh, vindicated by her deeds, right? It's right. always seen in the fruit that comes out yeah. of it, right? So you don't you don't know a wise person because of the information they know in their brain. It's about what comes out in their life, and so that then stands in contrast to uh, folly, right? Yes. So these two two ideas are at play here: the the wise person versus the foolish person. So yeah, help us the, understand that. Yeah, and the foolish person, you know, we've really been studying them over and over, kind of in Paul's mm-hmm. way he writes in Ephesians. But really, the best picture of the foolish person is maybe Ephesians two one to three or Ephesians mm-hmm. four seventeen to nineteen. Mm-hmm. It is a person that's controlled by covetousness or greed, mm-hmm. and whose entire life is given to sensuality. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, what's sensuality? Sensuality is just seeking happiness apart from Jesus, mm-hmm. seeking happiness in this world. Mm-hmm. And so, a foolish person is someone who is so short sighted and so driven by selfishness mm-hmm. that they are convinced by how they think and how mm-hmm. they believe and how they live, they're convinced that true happiness can be found in this world. Mm-hmm. And wisdom is, has much more of an eternal perspective. Mm-hmm. Wisdom understands, no, 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 no. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is the fear of the Lord that will be the pathway mm-hmm. to life and the pathway to joy and the pathway to happiness. Yeah, even as you're explaining that there, it makes me think of, yeah, the idea that really that walking in darkness is that that foolishness, right? Yes. And so it even shows how we as Christians can at time walk according to the foolish yeah. way of the world, right? Because to, Paul's writing to Christians mm-hmm. in this passage yeah. and he's saying, don't be foolish. You know, mm-hmm. so we can't, we even kind of talked about this. I hinted to that a little bit in the message about um, to be filled with the spirit mm-hmm. is different than to be indwelt by the spirit. Mm-hmm. So all Christians by definition are indwelt by the spirit yep. at the moment yep. of salvation until they die. The spirit mm-hmm. is with them. Yeah. You could say we have all of the spirit, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. cause he indwells us, mm-hmm. but to be filled with the spirit or to be controlled by the spirit mm-hmm. is a conscious decision of the will that mm-hmm. happens moment by moment, day by day. And that's kind of the question of, does mm-hmm. the spirit have all of me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so it's, it's really this, uh, yes, I'm indwelt, but am I controlled by mm-hmm. the Spirit? And and for that, to walk in the Spirit, or even what the Scripture says is to mm-hmm. be led by the Spirit mm-hmm. or to be filled with the Spirit, those are this, this uh, these matters of submission yeah. to God's Word. 
Okay, so let's talk about some of those various aspects of what it looks like to walk as uh, wise, to be controlled by uh, the Spirit of God. So there's a lot of different elements to this uh to the sermon that we could talk about. Obviously, Sunday only allowed for, for some of it. So I'm sure there are some areas that people uh, would want to know more about. So one of the, the first areas talked about in verse 16 was this idea of making the best use of the time because the days are evil. So, um, <laughs> I mean, this is our, our fancy way of saying time management, right? Yeah. How, 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 the, yeah. how the Christian manages time. And yeah, you, you gave us five very uh, convicting questions to consider. And... I wonder how many of the the people in our, our church really considered the second question you asked, which is how do I define productivity, right? Because for most of us, we probably don't even flinch at that idea, right? right? Well, you know, if I had a productive day, it was I got a lot of stuff done, right? But <laughs> right. this yeah. is where we have to understand that the Christian mindset changes the way that we look at different aspects yeah. of the world, right? So from the non-Christian standpoint, yeah, productivity would look like getting a lot of stuff done, but how do we as Christians need to rethink about the concept of productivity? Yeah. So think about what Jesus said was the greatest commandments uh, for for believers to follow and to obey. Mm -hmm. So if wisdom is putting Mm -hmm. into practice Mm -hmm. or obeying what God has told us Mm -hmm. is true, the first two commandments are love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love yep. your neighbor as yourself. Yep. So productivity, mm-hmm. gospel productivity, or productivity from God's agenda is, mm-hmm. how are you doing, how are you accomplishing those two commands? Because those two commands yeah. are the sum of everything that we are called to do. Everything yeah. we were created to do was to love God and to love others. Yeah. We, if, if we get a whole bunch of things done on our to-do list, but we don't love God and mm-hmm. we don't love others, then we're not being productive from mm-hmm. God's perspective as far as why we He created us and what he, the purpose for which He created it us. It is, yeah, it's so good, and uh, there, it's. I'm really thankful. There's been a lot of guys who have started to write on this subject over the last couple of years to really re- rethink this uh, concept yeah, of productivity. Great resources there, out there are a lot of good ones. So I even have before me right here uh, Tim Challey's book that he wrote uh, a couple of years back called "Do More Better," which is a practical guide to productivity. And so in the opening chapter. After he's answering some of these key questions. I like the way that he defines productivity here. Very similar to what you were saying here, that productivity is effectively stewarding my gifts, talents, time, energy, and enthusiasm for the good of others and the glory of God. Yeah, right? that's right. So it's living our lives with the mindset that says, I am, I am investing all of who I am, all my resources, all my time, my energies, whatever the Lord has given to me for benefiting other people and glorifying himself. And yes. so when you take that, it changes a lot of the way that you think about how you structure your day, how yeah. you think about measuring what was a successful day, right? Even I have to fight against that mindset <laughs> where I was like, man, today was a good day. I got caught up on so many of my emails yeah, and right. blah, blah, blah. And it's like, ooh. Right. Yeah. You know. It, see, the Lord values relationships yeah. more than achievements. Mm-hmm. And I think... That's, you know, we're so externally driven. Mm-hmm. We're so visual. We're so, you know, uh, kinetic. We, we want to see what we can get done. And God's like, no, no, no. It, you know, this morning in my in my devotion, I, I read about Mary and Martha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, no, yeah. Mary chose the better part. Like, Martha, yeah. Martha, why are you so anxious about all these things? You know, she's mm-hmm. like, well, I'm being productive. Like, yeah. why, you know, and and, yeah. and Mary's like, no, you know, I just want to, I want to know Jesus. And mm-hmm. so... It's so good for us to be reminded of these things 
and to say, listen, this world is evil. How are we making the most of it? We, none of us are promised tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So we have today. And until the Lord comes, like, Lord, help me to love you mm-hmm. and to love others and to give my life for that today mm-hmm. because this world is evil and it, it, it'd be a horrible tragedy to waste, mm-hmm. <laughs> to waste this life and these mm-hmm. opportunities you've given to me. Yeah. So think about the, the opportunities that the Lord presents. That kind of maybe allows us to segue into another topic that was presented here in verse 17. So you talked about not being foolish, but submitted to God's priorities. Verse 17 really speaks to understanding what the will of the Lord is. Um, if there's any subject that has immobilized Christians or <laughs> caused Christians to go into very strange realms of mysticism, I think it's the subject of the will of God. Yeah. And that, that deserves all kinds of attention that we don't have even time for here in this podcast. But, I mean, I think the biggest hang-up that we have in this culture is really... Uh, for Christians, not understanding maybe the distinction between the uh, the secret will of God and the revealed will of God, yeah. right? And there's a couple of different ways that that's said, yeah. and guys divide it all kinds of different ways. But can you help us understand why this is such a, a, a challenge for, for people and understand what are those two aspects of God's will? Which one is worth the, the investment and time that we yeah, as Christians it's a, are supposed it's a to great, get into. Great discussion. So when we talk about the secret will of God, we're talking about the sovereign will of God. We're talking about uh, what happens in history. Mm-hmm. In other words, what happens is the will of God. Yeah. God ordains history, mm-hmm. and that is his choice. That is his will. That is his yeah. secret or sovereign will. That's different mm-hmm. or distinct from God's moral will, mm-hmm. or what you said, God's revealed will, which mm-hmm. is what we have in his word. Yeah. So the question is, well, okay, if I'm asking the question, who does God want me to marry? Mm-hmm. Or where does God want me to work? Mm-hmm. Or what kind of car should I buy? Mm-hmm. The Bible doesn't answer that question. Mm-hmm. I can't point to a chapter and verse mm-hmm. and say, you know, you should marry thus and thus woman. Mm-hmm. You should work at thus and thus job. You should, work, you should buy thus and thus car, right? Those mm-hmm. things are not revealed. They're not mm-hmm. morally mm-hmm. Uh, There's not some defined. secret code that you're trying right. to look for that's going to uncover this for and you. And yet, or... most often, most mm-hmm. often, when people are seeking God's will, they're seeking mm-hmm. to know God's secret will. They're seeking mm-hmm. to know God's uh, sovereign will. And and this is where I want to set people free. I mm-hmm. want to set you free, yeah. Christian. If you're struggling with that, like, man, I'm just, I'm anxious because I don't want to make the wrong decision. I, 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 want to, I want to do what God, that, that desire that you have is good. But here's the reality. God gave us his word. Mm-hmm. He gave us his moral will. He gave us the commands of scripture so that mm-hmm. we can live by wisdom. We yeah. can apply what he has said is true. And then as we are living according to what he has revealed in his moral will, we can have the confidence mm-hmm. that he will bring about his sovereign will yeah. exactly how yeah. he wants. Mm-hmm. But we are never promised to know the sovereign will of God in advance. Deuteronomy 29, 29 is, mm-hmm. a, is, a, is a kind of a sweet verse that kind of captures both yeah. the secret or sovereign will yeah. And the moral or revealed will. Can you read that for us? Yep, sir? I got it here. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. yeah. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Yeah. So here, this is why the sufficiency of Scripture is such an important mm-hmm. doctrine. We believe, based on Second Second Peter, 
chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, based on 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. We believe that God has given us all things that Christians need in order to please Him mm-hmm. through the moral will of the, yep. of the Scripture. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about knowing God's will, we always put the stress on knowing God's Word because mm-hmm. the Spirit of God leads the people of God mm-hmm. through the Word of God. Yeah. And that's such an important thing. I I, I just really want to emphasize again, John 16 says of the Holy Spirit, he will not speak other than what he has heard. Mm -hmm. Translation, the Holy Spirit only Mm -hmm. speaks the written word of God. Yeah. So don't think, oh, well, I have this relationship with the Holy Spirit. I don't need the Mm -hmm. word of God anymore because the Holy Spirit just speaks to me personally. Yeah. The Holy Spirit does speak yeah. to us personally, mm-hmm. but what does he speak? Yeah. The content of his words are exactly. the words of God. Yeah. <laughs> and so we know God's word. We let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, and that's what it means to be controlled by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So I just think there's so much confusion about that, and uh, it, I hope this can set people free. Mm-hmm. If you know God's word and you are giving your life to loving God and loving others mm-hmm. and obeying God's commands— then when you don't know what to do, you can, and you say, well, God's word doesn't tell me which car to buy, so which car mm-hmm. should I buy? Mm-hmm. Well, then you can, you're free to make a decision. Yeah. It, it, don't mm-hmm. steal the car, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some moral yeah. boundaries that God's word mm-hmm. says, you know, don't steal the car, don't, don't yeah. buy the car out of greed or idolatry, mm-hmm. whatever, yep. those type of things are defined in the word. Mm-hmm. But if there's a, a blue car and a red car, and both of those cars are, mm-hmm. are morally right decisions, yep then you're free to choose yeah. and to trust that the car that you buy is going to be the car that God intended mm-hmm. for you to buy. And you don't have to stress over that in the process. We talk about this a lot in uh, youth ministry. We talk about the process of decision-making, especially for, you know, big decisions that feel like they could be paralyzing, right? It's, yeah. uh, you begin with the scripture. Where do I go for college? Right? Yeah. So is there anything that scripture says black and white on this? Like, yes, this is sin. No, this is not sin. Okay. Well, so if that's not, if that's, if there's a clearly defined thing there, then okay, then you know how to yep. you, your parameters are set. But if there's not, then we move on to what we would call maybe the uh, the wisdom principle that says, okay, what are some uh, wisdom principles that Scripture still might speak to this, yeah. right? So some of these things like uh, doing things out of of greed, right, or um, you know, thinking about being in significant amounts of like debt or something right, like that, right? right? So like, you know, you you got a pretty low paying job and you want to buy a you know hundred thousand dollar car. Wisdom would say that's probably not the best right. thing for you to do, right? <clears throat> or with the uh, the you know Christian like thing about marriage, obviously, Christian versus non Christian. Okay, like I know I shouldn't marry the Christian. Well. How should I choose after that, right? Okay, well, maybe there's some wisdom principles right. there that would say, okay, these are, you know, fruits that you would look for in somebody. So it's like you're always kind of working down. Then you go to, like, the consultation principle, right? That says, like, if you're still not con- sure, you, you've looked at these first two things, you know, you feel free to ask people, right? Yep. Seek out godly counsel who will point you back to Scripture and to, to guide you on that. And then that last principle is that freedom principle that says... What do you want to do now, right. right? Like knowing that you've you've faithfully walked through all these other steps, you can get to that point and say, "What do you want to do?" That's right. And problem for so many of us is that we so often want to get to that last one. <laughs> what do I want to do? I want the hundred thousand dollar car. Yeah, I want sure. to, you know, yeah, this girl's not a Christian yet, but maybe, you know, I, right. you know, yeah. maybe by marrying her, maybe she. So it's like we always try to find the loopholes right, right. Is. God's given us a lot of yeah. things in place to walk in wisdom in yeah. decision making. So. 
you talked about this idea of understanding what the will of the Lord is here. So probably one of the more controversial subjects that we think about with that is this idea of of drinking and drunkenness and alcohol, right? Okay, so that comes sure. up in this text here, right? So yeah. the very next verse here in verse 18, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. So obviously the primary focus of this is not on drunkenness, but it's very clear Paul talks about how this is a... Uh, this is characteristic of the person who walks in darkness, who walks in foolishness, is not controlled by God's spirit. And so naturally the question then arises here. So drunkenness, we know sin, wrong. So what does that actually mean then for alcohol, right? And yeah. so if there's anything that could be controversial in the Christian church, it feels like this is always a, a subject. So what principles do we need to think about as we think about yeah, drinking you know, alcohol? It's, it's interesting because we have to remember that Paul actually commanded uh, Timothy yeah. to drink alcohol mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> for his stomach. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, he's like, hey, you got some, uh, you know, kind of for medicinal purposes. Mm -hmm. Obviously, drunkenness is a sin, but yeah. um, drinking alcohol by itself is no mm -hmm. more sinful than drinking any other substance that could control us. Mm -hmm. Whether it's uh, caffeine, I was say I got my coffee right here. Yeah. So. <laughs> or nicotine. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So nicotine can become addictive, mm -hmm. but to smoke is not a sin. Mm -hmm. um, to have a cigar, to to smoke a cigarette, to smoke a pipe. There's nothing in the scripture that says that's sinful. Mm -hmm. Now there's something in our tradition that says mm -hmm. it's sinful. Right. But this is where Christians have to be very careful. Let's let's let God's word define what is right and wrong, not our traditions. And so there's a principle here in. Um, uh, uh, Corinthians, let's see if I can find it here. Maybe you can help me. Where is it? Oh, where it says, um, All things are lawful for me, but mm -hmm. I do not want to be controlled by anything. Mm -hmm. What is where's that at? I know. I'm gonna, um, I have I'm it here in my, one of my footnotes, I think, for my for the message here. I'll mm -hmm. see if I can pull it up quick. But, um, the, the point is that, uh, anything that's going to enslave us. Is it 1 Corinthians 6, 12? It is 1 Corinthians 10, 23, okay. at least, is what I'm looking at here. Yep. Okay, yeah. 1 Corinthians 10, 23. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Um, so there's another one that says that I will not be controlled by anything. Let's mm. see if I can find that. Um Sorry, I don't know. But, I mean, that's another helpful verse, what we just read there in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Because, mm -hmm. in, in other words, there's nothing biblically that says it's wrong to have a beer or it's wrong to, uh, or it's sinful to consume alcohol. Yeah. But the scripture is clear. It's sinful to be drunk. Mm -hmm. And I think what we can learn from this passage is it's sinful to pursue happiness. Mm -hmm. um, where are you at there? 612. Okay. I, I don't know what I read, but um, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be enslaved mm -hmm. to anything. I think that's so relevant for mm -hmm. alcohol. Mm -hmm. uh, it's lawful, but boy, you don't want to get addicted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anymore, you want to get addicted to caffeine. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm concerned about mm -hmm. the culture of caffeine among Christians. I think mm -hmm. we have a lot of Christians like, if I don't have my coffee in the morning, I get a bad headache. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not good, brother and sister. Mm -hmm. That's just not yeah. good. Like, you're, you're now enslaved to a, to a mm -hmm. mind-altering drug. Mm -hmm. It's culturally acceptable, mm -hmm. but biblically, it, it's, mm -hmm. it's sin. Yeah. 
And so we have to say, like, I don't want to put myself in any position. So with alcohol, you know, it's such a uh, addictive and controlling, uh, destructive, um, you know, drunkenness is such a destructive sin. I mean, it just has ruined so many lives. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the statistics on drunkenness will just make you weep mm-hmm. uh, in, in America. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, just to say, like, as a Christian, I, I don't want to be somebody who's who's known for, yeah. you know, celebrating what the what the wicked vices of the world celebrate. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just, you know, what partnership does darkness have with light? I think there's just some principle here. Mm-hmm. And so, I would I would just challenge if you're one of those who says, um, you know, well, alcohol is not a sin. Mm-hmm. You are right. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I'm going to flaunt my use of alcohol, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to show how progressive of a a, a mature, and I'm not going to have any concern for my weaker brothers, Mm -hmm. or I'm not going to have any concern for what perception this gives others of Christ. Mm -hmm. I would say, be careful. Be careful. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, it's not in itself a sin, Mm -hmm. but it's so associated yeah. With with wickedness, yeah, and evil. So I've just seen, be careful. I've seen a lot of pride motivate that attitude more than yeah. love, right? It's so. it's kind of. I mean, in in our tribe of Christianity, mm-hmm. there's kind mm-hmm. of this concept that the bigger the beard, the more masculine. Yeah. <laughs> the, the more beer you can drink, and the more cigar. Like like no 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 no. Like I don't I don't hear that heart mm-hmm. in scripture. We would be wrong mm-hmm. to call it a sin. Yeah. But we'd also be wrong to flaunt mm-hmm. and flirt with something that is so destructive and so um, associated with darkness. Mm-hmm. So speaking of masculinity, one more subject I want to cover here. I know we're a little on our tight on time here, but one okay. that I think is worth our, I'll try to our, our addressing here is if there's anything more masculine than this, it's singing. There right? you go, man. You know, I so love it. <laughs> we talk about here in Ephesians chapter 5, <laughs> the idea that we are to address one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, making melody to the Lord in your heart. If you're a guy, you're like, this is not no, me. No, no, so, no, 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 no. This is cultural. Yeah. Have you ever seen a football game? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have hundreds of thousands of, well, maybe not hundreds of thousands, but you mm-hmm. have thousands of men. It's tens of thousands. That, yeah, for sure, yeah. You have thousands of men that are, hey, oh, hey, oh, or whatever they're doing. I don't know what they're yeah. doing. Mm-hmm. They're singing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're singing. Yep. Why is this? Because, mm-hmm. uh, so, so the point is, is this. We sing about what we love. Mm-hmm. That's true. We sing about what we love. And, and I'm not talking about being on key. I'm not talking about mm-hmm. having vibrato. And mm-hmm. I'm talking about we, we, we sing about whatever our heart loves. Mm-hmm. And so this passage is so yeah. good because it's like, hey, when, when you are submitted to the Spirit's control mm-hmm. and you're not controlled by some substance, and you're not controlled by some fear of man, mm-hmm. and you're not controlled by some ruling uh, selfishness, mm-hmm. but you're you're controlled by God's Spirit. Yeah. Well, then you're going to have these fruits of the Spirit, mm-hmm. and one of the fruits of the Spirit is that you're going to have a song on your lips, and you're going to have a song on your heart, mm-hmm. because yeah. because your heart, your life is basically one of the fruits of the Spirit is mm-hmm. joy. Mm-hmm. So to be controlled by the Spirit is to be a person. Who's consumed by joy, mm-hmm. and now freed mm-hmm. to sing about yeah. what you love. 
Yeah, I uh, as you were talking about that on Sunday, my mind went back to a few years ago when we had Jordan Coughlin here who was teaching on singing and worship to our church during the, the ADE hour. And I just remember uh, one of the most impactful lines he's, uh, he said that day that stuck with me ever since then because you, know, you hear guys all the time say, like, oh, I'm just not a good singer, so therefore yeah. I, I don't need to sing, which again, go back to you're really good at cheering in the crowd. But, <laughs> but it's beside the point. It's a different but. Yeah, I hear people say that, you know, oh, I'm not a good singer. And I, I love the way that Jordan put it that day. He says, it's not about how good of a singer you are. Uh, yeah, it's not how good a singer you are, but if you have a song to sing. Yes, right? that's right. Uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite <laughs> memories from seminary was going to chapels. I didn't always, always enjoy my chapel times, but one of the things I always enjoyed was like, you got a group of 300 men Many of which who are not great singers, you right, know, right? You know, <laughs> pastors there, aren't known for being. But there singers. is something beautiful about three hundred men whose hearts are moved towards the Lord, singing with all that they yes. are. Yeah, and it's one of the most beautiful sounds, right? <laughs> Even though you know there are guys off pitch, and it, it is, but there's nothing more beautiful <laughs> than that song of just pure heart expression worship to the Lord. And so, my my heart for our people, especially for the men in our church. It is not just a man problem, but it is probably more so amongst uh, our men, is that we would just learn to have our emotions and our affections moved by God's word, yeah. by God's music, these, these melodies that we put together that, that draw our hearts into the gospel truth. Um, because we don't even realize, again, and the whole point of this is that we're doing this towards one another. Yes. We think about this from soft and selfish reasons, right? right? Yeah, well, yeah. this is about me, like, I don't, you know, I'm embarrassed. No, no, no. Your singing is actually an expression of humble service towards other people in the yeah. church. And so it's a mind shift for sure. Well, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Well, we've covered a lot of ground here. We, you know, this has been a little bit longer, but it's been so good. So much stuff we didn't even get to that we'd love to. But uh, thank you, Pastor Kevin, for taking the time to to walk us through that. Excited for the coming weeks where we're gonna look at uh, this idea in verse twenty one. This idea of what it looks like to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So that has some particular connotations here of what that means. And so we're gonna be looking this Sunday at the particular manifestation of submission with wives yep, and uh, their relationships to husbands. A few weeks from then, we'll talk about husbands and their role to love their wives um, and look at all these different earthly relationships that God has has blessed us with. Yeah, it's so, really good stuff. Um, no, Well, church, we love you. We appreciate you. And we are uh, praying that God would really bless you this week, that you'd be controlled by God's Spirit and you would know the fruit of the Spirit which is joy. Excellent. Have a great week, Newcastle. We'll see you next week.